It's a metaphor, but are you ready to go golfing or not? I want to say good morning to our Linden campus, Pastor Jason and Mel and the gang. How many of you guys love our Linden campus? They are such sweeties, and uh, it's growing, and they're you know, making plans for the future, and we're looking at, do we expand the building? Do we go to multiple services as this thing grows? And whatever we're going to do, we want to make sure we don't ruin the beautiful DNA of it just being a good group of people, you know, that love Jesus and love each other. I also want to say good morning to Grand Blank, Pastor Jim out there, the, the, uh, the Parkins, Jim and Carrie. I remember their names for the first time because of the comedian Jim Carrey, Jim and Carrie Parkins. So you make me laugh just saying your names. And then our, our pastors in Pontotoc, Mississippi. And uh, how many of you guys will pray with us? We got two more places that are wondering if we might not move in and become a part of what they're doing. How many of you guys think there's room in the house for a couple more campuses? If, if God wishes it and wills it, like that'd be fun, right? So be praying with us about that. But uh, in the meantime, let's go golfing because it's a rainy day and you can't go outside. So virtual, imaginary, Holy Spirit-led golf. Somebody say amen. Uh, for those of you that weren't here, how many of you guys were backslidden last week? You weren't in church. Just be honest. Come on, get it off your chest. No altar calls. Okay. So last week we started a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we compared those things to the, the gifts to me growing up playing golf. My dad, um, I don't know if he's a good golfer, but I never beat him. But to be fair, I'm a lousy golfer. I, I'm a, I, I, I don't even like the sport, but I go because I like people. And my dad liked me. It was 18 holes of an excuse to hang out. And he's going to, you know, teach me how to do this. How many guys know that golf is like this, this terrible, torturous sport? Anybody enjoy golf? How many guys play it? How many guys enjoy it? Less hands, right? So you, you, it's got a, like this shaft in the arm and the thing, and it's unnatural. And put your butt on, get your head down, put your, you know what I mean? And no matter what you do, the ball goes, front, you know? So a 200-yard drive is wonderful, except it went 150 yards that way, 50 yards that way, and it's on the wrong fairway. That's, that's golf to me. I might as well be playing Frisbee and just sending it out and bringing it back to myself. When I play golf, I have to wear protective gear because I have such a bad slice. It just comes back around and hits me in the back of the head, you know? But my, my dad, his, his goal was like just to spend time with me and say, here, use this club. This club will get, you know, why, why am I using a three iron? I'm, I'm under a tree and the green's like right around the back of the room. He goes, I know, but, but a nice, easy swing. Just, you just punch it. You're just going to whatever. So I said, okay, punch it. And, you know, sure enough, it shanks off. And it was on the green. It, just, it was the, the 18th green, but I was playing the 17th hole. I was that kid, right? The irritating kid that was always on the wrong green. So, but he, he loved that. He would hand me the right club. I learned actually in time to say, which club should I use, Dad? Which club? Hand me the club that I should use. And in the same way, we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Remember, these are these, are these wonderful superpowers that, that God the Father, by the Holy Spirit, hands us so that we can do to a ball what we could never do with just our own strength. If I were to take a ball and I were to throw it, I'd probably hit one of your cars, right? Aaron Rodgers, the, the longest in-air uh, pass in NFL history, 66 yards from the time it left his hand to the time it was caught, ran into our touchdown, 66 yards in the air. But my grandson can hit a, a golf ball 66 yards because he's got one of these. Understand this, your power, your wisdom, your smarts, your ability, your resources, they're all wonderful things that God will use them all. But occasionally it takes more than you to bring him into this world. And when that's the case, it's okay to kind of go to God and say, listen, I, I, I see the ball, I see the hole, and there ain't no way this is getting in there unless you give me something. And watch what the Father does is he hands you just the right club at just the right time, understanding your swing. And, and Pastor Ian, you can correct it all later. Don't correct it all now. He's not listening to my sermon right now because he's correcting my swing. Now you got your elbows, your butt, your chin, your second chin, your third chin, all of those chins are not... So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like this too. Let's, let's just recoup or regroup 
recap. There's the word I was looking for last week. Briefly, how many guys give me three minutes to recap an entire sermon? Let me see your hand. Three, six, nine. Good. That's good. So are the gifts of the Spirit for today? Of course they are. Um, Again, I just want to state clearly for the record, if you were ever taught the gifts of the Holy Spirit, pastor in the apostolic age, whoever taught you that loves Jesus too. We're not against people. I'm not trying to divide the body of Christ. But as you do a study of Scripture... And then, and then the practicalness of having lived this, this life now for decades, I am telling you, the gifts of the Holy Spirit certainly did not pass at the death of the last apostle. And, and we, we, many of us, if not regularly, work in the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We just don't call them the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We say, well, I just had a feeling that I should call you. I don't know how I knew, but I just knew that you were having a hard day. I, I, I don't know how I solved that problem. I, was, I started talking, and out of my mouth came words I'd never heard before, and it solved the problem. But we're talking about words of wisdom, words of knowledge. How many of you guys have ever experienced a healing miracle, either by praying or being prayed for? Can I see your hand? Okay. So, there, so to say, God doesn't heal anymore. I, I, I get the theology. I get the, I get the understanding of it. But here's, here's what I have to be very careful of, and please join me. This is a quest for me. This isn't a conclusion. When, when God's word says, this is where we're to live, and yet I find myself consistently living here, it's very simple to say, well, maybe God doesn't do that, and to lower him to my experience. How many of you guys know that that is not repentance? If this is where God has set the bar, and I'm living here, it's not incumbent upon me to lower God, it's incumbent upon me to raise my faith. And, and by the way, I may die never living fully the biblical faith that I believe. Never, never being able to exercise every gift, not, never receiving every miracle, never walking on water and raising the dead and all these things that are in Scripture that we have entitlement to, we have authority to bring his kingdom to earth. Are you still with me? But that doesn't mean it's not true. That means I don't know how to walk in what is true yet. And there's been centuries, guys, where people kind of forgot about this stuff, where the church became more of a political social, economical engine than a, a true representation of the body of Christ on earth. So let's just say this. If, if suddenly a guitar, the, all musical instruments disappeared for 400 years, how many of you guys know it might take us a while to learn how to play a guitar again, but we'd learn how to play a guitar if we chose to. So may I suggest that these clubs have been sitting in the garage for a long time in the body of Christ. And it was the Azusa Street Revival and Pentecostal denominations. In the next five years, it's estimated, I just heard this last week, that there'll be over one billion Pentecostal believers on the planet at one time. One billion. That's not just believers, not just Christians, but those who believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm doing a lot of coaching today, other pastors and things, and I had this guy just point blank ask me, they're they're not all EG people, they're not all Pentecostals, they're not all Charismatics, uh, and this this man's a wonderful friend, uh, but his denomination, his group doesn't believe that the gifts are for today. He said, said, of all the, the Protestant denominations in the United States today, the Assemblies of God grew faster, and there's only two that have grown at all in the last 10 years. And the group that we're a part of has grown, and it's grown over twice the rate of any other group in the United States. So can you explain to me why that is? Now, how do I explain to him? It's because God's handing us clubs. And they're not just teaching. Sometimes they're prophetic words. And, and they're not just prayers. Sometimes they're prayers that open up the miraculous. Because people need to know more than what they know. Because with the Internet, we can all disagree with the things that we know. And everybody's first name is doctor. Right? PhD. What's that? Well, it's a BS degree just piled higher and deeper. (laughs) But a person with an experience is rarely at the mercy of a person with an argument. So you can try to tell me there is no such thing as a historical Jesus. The problem is I've met him. 
You can tell me being born again is passe. The problem is I've been born again. You can tell me the gifts of the Spirit aren't for today. The problem is I've watched so many people who don't even believe in the gifts of the Spirit operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But I would just simply ask for this. If your heart is closed, that's okay. But open your eyes. Open your ears. Are the gifts of the Spirit for today? They certainly are. There's nothing in the Bible about these gifts being only for a season. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. In the last days, that last season will be a season marked by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on men and on women, on young and on old, on those who have authority and those that are slaves. God said, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. They are for the common good. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. The body of Christ benefits from these things. They glorify God. If, uh, if, if Pastor Kim and I fight, it's David versus Goliath. And if I win, people go, well, Jim must know Jesus because there's no way, right? Because he would just, no offense, but you know, you're a cop and you're large and you're not smiling. So I'm a little intimidated by this encounter right now, to be honest with you. Okay, good. Thank you. Wow. All right. Security. Security. All right. They advance the kingdom of God. Remember this when Jesus is talking to a woman and she's all about racism and politics and gender discrimination and she's got her walls up and Jesus just literally uses the gifts of the word of knowledge. She's had five husbands and the man she's living with now is not her husband. Look at what he does. He just walks through the walls and now he's on the inside of her walls and begins to tell her the secrets of her own heart. How many know that advanced the kingdom of God in that woman's life? Does so today gifts of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, we're exhorted to eagerly desire them. Now, we didn't get to that last week because we ran out of time. This week, I hope to get to that. But, but the Bible is very clear in both 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. It talks about, you know, wanting these things, like desiring these greater gifts. So today, you guys ready to have some new gifts of faith or new, new gifts to talk about, gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's look at two at the same time. It might speed us up. But the gift of faith and the gift of healing. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're continuing that discourse Chapter 12, verse 5 down. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit. Now, please, please get this, just a teaching moment, but there's faith that, that has ascendancy to it. I, I read the Bible, I believed it, it's changed in my life. Uh, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we hear the word of God, we believe our faith grows. That's not what he's talking about. There's also a healing that comes out of um, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. And by his stripes, the Messiah that's to come, by the stripes, we are healed. We get in James, if any among you is sick, let him call upon the elders of the church. They'll anoint him with oil, the prayer and faith, the sick shall recover, right? We, we get that. That's not what he's talking about either. This is that spontaneous, momentary, walking down the road, and all of a sudden there's a tap on the shoulder, and the Holy Spirit hands you a club. That, that kind of faith. Look at this. In Acts chapter 3, open your Bibles this morning, your electronic discontentment devices, my friend Adam Cook calls it. And uh, let's take a look at this. Acts chapter 3, verse 10. It says this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth, evidently we find out later on his, his uh, feet and his ankles were the problem. Something missing tendons, deformed bones, unformed muscles, but for whatever reason, he couldn't walk. And it wasn't, it wasn't from his calves up, it was from his calves down. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Just a quick teaching moment. There was a variety of gates around the temple grounds. There was the dung gate, 
no one gathered there to beg for alms because that's where the, the poop came out of, right? There was the fountain gate. There was that, but this gate was like, when you went to the temple, you wanted to walk through the beautiful gate. This is the ornate one. This is the public entrance. So they walked through that gate called beautiful. And this is where this guy was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting something from them, right? Then Peter said this. Here's a disappointment. I'm broke, buddy. Hey, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. Hey, look at us. Oh, okay, good. Scooby snack. Here we go. I'm ready. Yeah, I don't have any money. Well, then why are you wasting my time, right? Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, what does he have? And it looks like it's both, doesn't it? A moment. Now, healing we're about to see, but faith. And I'll tell you why. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, here's the gift of faith, he helped him up. Now, how many of you guys know that if you grab someone who can't walk by the hand and you pull him up, that better be faith? Because if it's not, what you're doing is actually embarrassing and cruel and humiliating rather than glorifying the Lord, right? Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. I love this. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. How many of you guys know this guy needed Gatorade, like, quick? He's just, it's just, it's a party, right? Now, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Now, just, again, just trying to get this, this properly in our heads. As you're walking into the temple gate called Beautiful, let's just say it's in the back of the room and this is kind of the walkway. It's wide, it's abundant, there's people everywhere. Peter and John are walking past dozens of people who have the right to ask of their community for help. The laws of Leviticus give those who are fatherless or widows or in need or foreigners, they could stand. And as you're walking into worship God, how many of you guys know that's when you wanna be on your best behavior anyway? So this makes sense. So as they're walking in, there's people everywhere. Now, in other words, I don't want to hear this. There were dozens of people that needed Jesus that day. So why did they stop at the one? Because in that moment, are you here? They felt a tap on their shoulder and the Holy Spirit said, swing this one. It'll get it in the hole. And so they, they took a hold of that. Now, that's, how many of you guys know that's great faith? That's great courage. That's great something to stop with a stranger and say, now, I know what you want from me. I don't have that, but I have what you need. His name is Jesus. And I, wanna, I just want to just let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Pow, and the guy gets up. I love this, guys. I, I have seen this happen um, beautifully, wonderfully, repeatedly in my life. Joe Smith was a dear friend. You guys that have been around for a while, you knew, you knew Joe. Joe didn't go to parties. Joe was the party. He, wherever he went, there was fried food, dead animals, um, cards. He's the one that taught my son how to clean a pike in Canada with a tomahawk. How many of you know you can't clean a pike with a tomahawk, but you can have fun throwing a tomahawk at a pike? So it's, it's you know, oh, that's cruel. It's like you had to be there. It was, it was worse than it sounds. Um, but, but Joe, uh, a, a veteran, heavy loads, desert wars and so forth. He, he had burden, you know, of that physical burden. And so his shoulders were shot. He could not, like he was a cameraman for a local Fox News affiliate, but to get that camera up on top of his shoulders was brutal. But that was his living. That was his livelihood. 
And at night, he'd have to sleep with, his, like, sleep with pillows on either side just to brace those shoulders up because his shoulders would just ache so badly and there wasn't medication enough and there wasn't therapy enough. And then just, we're gonna have to replace your shoulders, but you're such a young man, you should do this as long as you can. Three different doctors said, your shoulders are shot. Here's the x-rays, here's the MRIs, here's everything. Your shoulders are shot and, and it's time now to start thinking about getting your shoulders replaced. One day, he's walking down an, uh, a foyerway or a hallway that no longer exists. It's now kind of that open area. And Adam Cook, a young man who was a ministry student, I think, at the time. I don't even think he was on staff. He later became on staff. He just stopped and said, Joe, is there something wrong with your shoulders? He said, yeah. He's, why, why do you ask? You know, it's brutal. It hurts all the time. He goes, I don't know. I just, I'm walking by and I, I, felt like, I felt like the Lord just told me to stop because you had pain in your body and I should pray for you. Are you here? This isn't, this isn't the apostolic age. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm telling you what happened in front of all of our eyes as a congregation. This young man, was he 20, 21 years old, laid his hands on this old trusty Gulf War vet and God instantaneously and completely healed both of his shoulders. And he would love to say, hey, 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 I didn't know Joe had armpits. I'd never seen his armpits. Hey, look, I got sweat stains. Hey, check it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast now instead of cast now, you know? We saw that, I saw that happen. Um, the, the gift of faith, do we have any examples from our modern history of someone that just, just believed something that was impossible and, and risked it all to do it? We certainly do. We certainly do. I, I don't have permission to share a lot on this, so I, I won't, but there's a ministry that was begun by one of us that literally is described as the impossible ministry. It reaches people with, with extraordinary wounds. They've been victimized in terrible ways. It, it, it's financially so difficult to create an environment that it takes millions of dollars to even reach the first one and help the first one. And the licensing restrictions and insurance restrictions and fire restrictions are so stringent that there's, there's only two of these things in the state of Michigan. Are you listening? Yeah. And a housewife who sat in the seats that you're now sitting in got a burden from God and the Holy Spirit, let's just use a driver for this one. This is a nine iron. This is a driver. So I'm calling you to believe that it can be done. And today, that ministry exists. Why? Because somebody was smart and had experience? No. Because lawyers are awesome? No. Because politicians always keep their promises? No. We had to fight all of those things. Because someone just walked up and said, here's millions of dollars, I have a heart? No. Because she began to say, I have a heart for these people, but now I need a place. And someone said, let, let me help you with that place. We have a place now, but it needs to be redone. And someone said, let me help you with getting it redone. We, we have the place and it's been redone, but now we need licensing. And the state said, let us send you people to help. And they didn't. They didn't return their phone calls. They're absolutely useless. But eventually, in spite of all the odds of the government being against it, the insurance companies not wanting to cover it, not having a dime, but having faith, today, somewhere in this community, there's a place unlike any other place on the planet because someone saw it before it was visible and believed it when it was impossible and touched it before it was tangible. It's the gift of faith. I, can I just take a step farther? Let's just say somewhere and someone, but how about where you're sitting right now? This property used to be a gravel pit. The, the overpasses on US 23 were made out of the gravel and sand from this property. Before it was that, it was a place where the KKK used to burn the crosses up on that hill. 
And now, because Effie Burke and Sister Burke looked at a vacant lot that was a gravel pit with, with racism and I, other things that happened. I know my mom's watching, but Aunt Janet told me this is true, Mom, so whatever. I'm sorry I have to tell you this in front of your niece and in front of your daughter-in-law, but here we go. In front of your stepdaughter, but here we go. Aunt Janet told me that my mom and her used to bring their boyfriends out to this property to make out with teenage boys. <laughs> now it's a place of, like, praying, P-R-A-Y. Then it was a place of praying, P-R-E-Y. <laughs> Tell me if that's true or not. Angie had told me that. <laughs> but I'm just simply saying this, guys, that they, they had this beautiful Civil War built stone building downtown, right in the heart of Fenton, where it's all going to be. This was a middle of nowhere place. But all of a sudden, they built a high school and a junior high school and businesses. And you hear what I'm saying? God just told them to do it, so he just did it. What's that called? Stubbornness. I'm not saying he wasn't the most stubborn man I've ever met, but that's not what it is. It's faith. When God speaks and you obey because you just know in your knower this is happening. Does this make sense? Did you see that? The gift of healing and the gift of faith. By a show of hands, did any of you ever, because you, you prayed or received either of these gifts, you just knew that you knew and you did it, even though everybody said, don't marry that boy, you know, or don't go to that, don't take that job, don't do that thing, don't go on that trip, or you're gonna go and God said, don't do it. Either way, there was this faith that arose in you or this healing that ever arose in you. By a show of hands, if you've ever experienced either one of these gifts, would you raise your hand so we can all see that? It's pretty cool, right? That's a good majority, right? Let's continue. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. You guys doing all right? I have six minutes. Will you guys give me six minutes? Who laughed? Twelve? Thank you, Tom. All right, good. To another, miraculous powers. So miraculous powers. What, what are miraculous powers? It's when God breaks his own natural laws and inserts <laughs> the supernatural. Um, this is my favorite one, by the way. It, it's like multiplying loaves and fish. No one goes, wow, good trick. It's like, Wow good lunch, right? Calming the storm. Jesus in Mark chapter four stands on the front of the boat. Peace, be still. And the only sound that's heard is the water that's now dripping from the bottom of Peter's tunic. <laughs> Strangely enough, he's the only one dripping of all the disciples, right? Um, walking on water. That's impossible. Yeah, unless there's miraculous powers involved. Uh, this, uh, the chains falling off in Acts chapter 16 in Philippi, right? And prison doors flying open. Well, what a coincidence that an earthquake just happened to happen. Listen, earthquakes don't undo chains. They might unleash doors as, you know, walls cave in, but the doors flew open and the chains fell off. How many of guys know that's a miracle? So do miracles still happen today? I, the thing I love about this is it's such an open book to look for God to do what God can do, right? We, we're crossing the border, international border. I won't say which one. We had some things that were not supposed to be crossed over. How many of you know some people are trying to get in this country? We're trying to get stuff out of this country. But some things are illegal in other countries. Or there's a certain process whereby the truckload of the things that we had would have been very difficult to, I mean, it would have been very expensive to get things across. And so as we get to there, sure enough, we get pulled over and a truck full of stuff whatever the stuff was. By the way, it's good stuff. You know it's stuff, right? I'm not smuggling hashish into Taiwan or something. I don't, I don't mean that. You're with me, right? So good stuff, God stuff. Stuff was gonna encourage and build the kingdom. And they pulled us over and they opened up the back of, of this truck that we had rented. And now we're in another country and we're at their mercy and we are wrong. We are busted, but there's no way to get it in without being wrong and running the risk of being busted. Now, our luggage was in the back, but right behind that was all, like, just the entire truck. Like, imagine a U-Haul truck filled with stuff and a dozen bags in the back. They never saw it. 
They said, okay, good to go. I'm like, mucho Garcias. <laughs> um, you've probably heard this story before, but it's one of my favorite miraculous stories because it involves a junior high school student. How many guys know junior high school students are weird ducks? When, when I ask people, what are you passionate about? What do you love to do? And they say, oh, junior high school. I'm like, I don't need to ask you another question. That has to be God, right? Because even junior high schoolers don't like junior high schoolers. Like it's, if you are drawn to them, that must be a passion or a pain that God has given you to, to reach a generation. So this junior high schooler was too young to go on this trip. And he was, he was one of those kids, we called him the bionic squirrel. Because if we were going that way, Corey was going that way. If we were going that way, Corey was going that way. It was just, you know, where's Corey? Where's Corey? It was like, it's like, where's Waldo? Only in a third world country where you could really get killed by the Sinaloa cartel was active there. Pablo Escobar was smuggling drugs right through the corridor where we were. So it's like, you have to, when I look, you have to be there. Okay. We're getting ready to start this outreach on this soccer field in this, this really dangerous barrio. We've been warned. You better let them know as you walk in that you're there for Jesus because maybe the, the thought of it being a church will protect you. If not, you'll never get out of that barrio. So we walked in. It's time to do the thing. We set up the sound stuff. There's, the storm's on its way. We can see it rolling off the Pacific Ocean. And guess who I can't find? The bionic squirrel. Now, it's a long soccer field. It's maybe 100 yards or whatever it is, like a football field. And, and I said, where's Corey? Where's, I don't know. Where's, where's, I don't know. I don't know. We, somebody, stop what we're doing. We got to find Corey right now because I have to bring back the same number of kids that I brought down here. And I don't mind replacing him, but we should probably bring back the same kids, not just the same number of kids. So he goes, there he is. He's on the far side of the soccer field facing the Pacific Ocean. His hands are raised. And I'm like, what is wrong? Go get him now from here, here. You know, remember that line? Here. So he comes over, and, and he's, he's like all busted up. I'm like, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? What's going on? He goes, that storm's going to come, and people are going to stay and hear the gospel. So I prayed that God wouldn't let it rain on the field. I'm like, next time you're going to pray, I'm going to P-R-E-Y on your butt, kid. Like, I am just, I am so mad at you. But this is what happened. How many guys know? I used to have an anger problem. Now I mask it really well. <laughs> now there's layers of people to help me. So this is literally what happens. Um, it rained in the Pacific Ocean. It rained north of our field, south of our field, and east of our field. And it didn't rain on our field. I'm watching it. I'm, from here to that wall, it's raining. From here to that wall, it's raining. And the people are coming closer because the, the crowd is large, but they're not used to like huddling in because it's dangerous to be huddled in. But it rained, so they came closer. It rained, so they came closer. It rained, so they, they came closer. When the gospel was presented, it, it was one of those days where like most of the people responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were so hungry. They were so oppressed. That good news was so good to them. They just, they just jumped on it. Guys with tattoos all over their whatevers, and they're at the altar. They're crying. We finished. We prayed with everybody. We put everything back into the, they called it a pulmonia. It's, a, it's Spanish for pneumonia. It's a pickup truck with a little tent on top of it. Everybody catches pneumonia in them. And we, we got back. No sooner did the last kid get in that last thing. It was like it had all been stored on a, on a it just came and just destroy the field with water. It was beautiful. And I'm telling you as I'm standing, how is it possible that it rains there, 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 and not here? It's possible because a seventh grader with faith invoked a miracle from a holy God. You hear what I'm saying? Beautiful. Um, one more story? Okay, if you say yes, I'll keep talking. It's when you start saying no, you'll be embarrassed, but I'll stop talking. Um, one year we felt God said no more borrowing money. 
when we, were, we took a cut and pay from being youth pastors to being senior pastors, and our kids needed pants and backpacks. One of the reasons Dean is so passionate about back-to-school things is we, we didn't have the money to do it. We, our, our master seemed to be failing us, but our master card always seemed to be ready, you know, to take on that burden. Cast all your cares on me at 27% interest, and I will care for you, you know. And uh, so we, we used it, and we bought it. Man, we just debt, 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 debt. And, and we just at one point said, no matter what, we'll never borrow another dollar. We're done borrowing money. And so it's time for vacations and it's summertime and back to school. With the money we have, we just said, God, we, we trust you. You have to do whatever you have to do, but we're not borrowing a dime. If our vacation is grandma's house and grandma has to pay for the, the gas to get us to Florida. How many of you know that, you know, Florida in August is nice? <laughs> We're living in a, a two-bedroom, one-bath, 700-square-foot home. It, the bathroom was so small, you couldn't change your clothes in it. You can change your mind in it. It was so small. <laughs> you had to, like, stand in the bathtub to change your clothes. Don't even get me started on the toilet. Let's just move. Let's just move forward. Get that out of my head. But, but we, we just, and some, just, it was weird. People just said, hey, I just felt led to give you this. It's like, when we opened up his money, it's like, I just feel led to take it from you. That's wonderful. Thank you. Hey, I just, and then the mail came. It's unexpected, and this refund and that. And all of a sudden, before we knew it, we had the money to go on like a, like a vacation vacation. A, a small cabin in the woods in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I called down there and said, hey, you know, um, we're, we're coming down and, you know, do you have a, we just need a small, simple one. They said, well, are you a veteran? I said, yeah. What a strange question to ask. Because, well, our veterans get half off. Like, you can't just afford the little one. You can afford, like, the big one with a view. Like, bears might lick your face to say good morning. Like, this is, this is going to be a great, it's like, I'll take the bear licking cabin. Let's do that. We went out there, we got down there, and people had blessed us, and different things had happened, and different bargains we came across. Came time to buy school clothes. Not only did we buy our kids' school clothes, but they invited their friends. We bought their friends' school clothes, too. Had enough money to get back, and as we were pulling back into Fenton, we had like $1.50 left. We stopped at McDonald's, and we got drinks. We had to share them, but we got drinks. And, and I'm telling you, it was as if, how many of you know that when you've got a chance to be God, he'll be God? And when you withdraw that opportunity to be God, well, then what you get is, you, you get this. When, when God might be handing you something that just does this. Let me remind you guys, is it okay to ask for these gifts? Yes. First Corinthians 12, 31. Now eagerly desire greater gifts. Piano guy, join me if you would, please. Eagerly desire greater gifts. What's that word greater mean? It's the word megas. It doesn't mean bigger or fancier or more powerful. It means, it means the best. So again, we talked about this last week, but Jesus, is, you know, John chapter eight, woman at the well, right? And she walks up. The, the gift of knowledge was the greatest gift because having that knowledge of her personal life, he walked through the walls of all of her defenses, was on her side of the wall and presented to her that not only did he know her, he, in his eyes, she could see that he wasn't hating her for being who she was. That, that knowledge, right? But if he said, okay, I have a gift of the spirit for you and began to prophesy the future 100 years later, it would have meant nothing to her. If he said, okay, you're here now, good, because I'm going to do a gift of the Spirit and started speaking in tongues, she'd have thought he was crazy. Does this make sense to you? So what is the megas gift? Does it eagerly desire? It's, it's just the right club to do just the right thing to get the ball closer to the hole, if not get it in the hole. Desire eagerly. Come on, what's the word eagerly mean? Anybody know? Like, like give me some other synonyms. Eagerly, what's it mean? Excited. Excitedly, what else? Enthusiastically, what else? Eagerly. What's that? Yeah. What, what about like hunger? What, eagerly desire Christmas dinner, right? Open the gifts, great. But I'm hungry. Like that turkey died in vain until I get to it. Give me that stuffing. Hallelujah, right? Eagerly desire. Look at this other one. Follow the way of love. This is after 1 Corinthians 13. Follow that way of love. 
and, everybody say and. Well, we should be loving, yeah, and. We should be powerful, yeah, and. First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 builds this beautiful basis and it's, it's on the fulcrum of love. Eagerly desire these gifts and love and gifts and love. It keeps them in balance, right? Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Can I just, does that sound like that's some temporary thing that's going away? Eagerly desire this. It's only gonna be here for another 10 years. No, this is, this is the way to live in such a way that his kingdom comes. And his will is done, not just by the strength of man and our knowledge and our, and our scholarly works and our, our eloquent oratory. It's, it's like when shepherd boys kill giants. No one goes, hey, you know, what a good fight. They say, what a God fight. What a God fight, David did. Now, what, what activates these gifts? It's very simple. It's love. If you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, I got two words for you. Number one, love God. He's the giver. Number two, love people because people are the recipients. And when you love God and you love people, God will hand you things for them. And you, you get this distinct honor of being the middleman. You get the distinct honor of saying the secrets of somebody else's heart in such a way as to, as to get through the walls of their defenses. And with a smile on your face, still loving them, even though you know what you know, their defenses begin to melt. You get the distinct privilege of watching a seventh grade squirrel become a worker of miracles. You get the distinct privilege of, I don't know, I, less I'm gonna embarrass you, but, but like that car company, that's like a miracle, right? Your, your car lot is, a, is an act of faith. Dan, you, you got this vision for 60 stores. You got, what, three right now? That's, that's a lot more stores. And let's face it, you're not getting any younger. I mean, you're an Ohio State fan. It's, your days are numbered anyway, right? November, you'll be gone, right? Your team will be, you'll be here. What is that? It's, it's, it's an act of faith. Hear me, guys. I, I'm so grateful for wisdom, but I'm so hungry for faith. I'm grateful for wisdom. And in an absence of supernatural faith, I'll always listen to wisdom. I love the book of Proverbs, but we can't ignore there's also a book of Acts. So sometimes it's not wisdom that's gonna lead that woman at the well to Jesus. Sometimes the woman caught in the act of adultery Man, Jesus needed that wisdom to dispel her accusers and make, make them see their own guilt so she could see that she was loved. These gifts, they're, they're not to make you super prophets. So, oh, I'll say this the right way. Maybe there isn't a right way, so I'll just say it, and you'll have to digest it the right way. People that walk around like, oh, gifts of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, gifts of the... Like, I, don't forget there's also something else called Wisdom. Not everything's supernatural. Sometimes, as a matter of fact, the best supernatural is supernaturally natural. And naturally supernatural. It's just a part of your life. So if you know something, don't go, I have a word from the Lord for you. There's someone here in this room that has a vowel in their name. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes if you're walking by and go, hey, I feel like God just told me there's something wrong with your shoulders. There's something wrong with your shoulders? Well, let's pray. And a kid prays for a man and the man is healed. Lyndon, I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Jason. You guys go do your thing. Grand Blank Pontoc, God bless you. We're going to close here now. So God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Would you stand your feet in this room? Because this is what we're going to do right now. Some of you need the gift of salvation. You, you need it. You need for your sins to be erased. I talk about gifts. You're like, my hands are so dirty, God wouldn't hand me a, a piece of toilet paper, like there's, I, let alone a, a golf club. Listen to me. Though your sins be as red as scarlet, the blood of Jesus will make them as white as snow. 
sacrificed once for all, hanging on a cross, dying in my place so I can bring his place to this place. That's what we do. That's who we are. We're as ambassadors from another world coming into this world to tell them the good news that there is a king and there is a kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's at hand. If you were to reach out right now, you'd touch it. If you're not right with God, I got good news. All that is lacking and you being right with God is you looking at him and accepting what he's already done for you. I'm sorry. I was so wrong. And you were so right. And I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to be your person. I want to live this way. I see you as superior to me. I see your ways as better than my ways. Without you, I am toast. And I'm toasted right now. So God help me. God help me. And he will. Second thing though. Now God, I... I don't want to just be forget. I just want to come out of Egypt and wander in a wilderness. I want to go into the promises of your of your of your holiness. I I want to. I don't want to just be like you know Moses leads the people out of Egypt. And they wander around for decades in the wilderness. I mean, I just know a lot of believers like we're out of Egypt, but we're not in the promised land. Does this make sense? You know, we're not walking in His promises and walking in His delight and walking in His power. But we're not what we used to be. But we know we're not what we can be. So what do we do now? We just say, God, I pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray you'd sensitize my, my heart, my mind, my eyes, my ears, that when that tap comes, I'll know it's you, and I'll take that club in my hand, and whatever you say to do, I'll grab somebody by the wrist, and I'll pull them up. I'll speak to somebody the secrets of their hearts. I, not in a bold way, but in a, a beautiful, humble, only Jesus could know this way, and he still loves you way, that, that kind of way. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're not right with God, come on. Right here, right now. Jesus, save me. Rescue me, help me, fill me, receive me, bless me. Second thing, that's what God saved you from. Now, what do you think he saved you for? God, I, I pray that as you honored that donkey by riding him in in the triumphal entry and everyone shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That donkey didn't for a minute believe all that shouting was for him. It was his honor to lift the one high enough so everybody could see he is who he is. God, that's, that's our assignment. We're sons. We're not donkeys. We're, we're daughters. We're not beasts of burden. But it would be our honor to carry you through the streets, through the family rooms, through the hallways, even on US 23 during orange barrel season, God. We will carry the presence of our king. And when you say jump, we'll jump. When you say go, we'll go. When you say stay, we'll stay. When you say speak, we'll speak. If you would like, and this is just a, a final moment, if you would like for God to, to give you more of his spirit, and, and you're going to be sincerely looking for opportunities to, to work in these gifts. This, that's what this is for. You want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, functioning, not just blessing you, but functioning through you in your life. You need both, but let's not stop at the one. And you would ask God to begin to move these gifts in and through your life. If that's you, I want you to raise both your hands right now. Father, I pray for those with uplifted hands and open hearts that you would fill them with a new measure of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that worship would taste different from this day forward. I pray that they would see what you see and hear what you speak, that they would touch in your name and with your hand, God, they will move mountains. I pray, whether it be a small miracle or the biggest miracle ever in the history of mankind, Father, we pray the hands that are held are for your service. The hearts they're attached to will be attentive the mouth, the eyes, the ears, all that we are now, God, is a living sacrifice. 
our pride defeated, <laughs> our ways exposed, and now just your way remains. We make room. We make room, we make time, we make space for more of the Holy Spirit in our lives and through us for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Obedience unto death. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, I think today might be a good day to get prayed over. <laughs> I think today might be a good day. I think the people praying for you might have an awareness of things in a different level. So if you need prayer, altar workers, would you make your way up here now? Um, just a reminder, just because the sermon ends doesn't mean the seeds have all come to fruition. Like, pray on this, chew on this, talk about this, think about this, go to groups, discuss it this week, on the way home, uh, at Arby's, if you're a big spender. You know what I mean? Mega, if, if you're poor, right? And, if, you know, French Laundry, if you're lost. Whatever it is, whatever, whatever, your, whatever your domain is, right? But keep, keep chewing on this or it'll just, it'll just fade. The seed will be stolen, but you chew on it. Let it get in you. You get into it. Second thing is this, last thing. How many guys know I say last thing at least eight times every Sunday? This is probably the last time I'll say the last thing. Probably. Um, first steps class, right? Oh, it's that, that big screen behind me. Out the door, to the left, the youth auditorium is about halfway from here to the end of the building. I could throw a golf ball to about here to there. And you'll see youth room, Pastor Ian will be out there. Man, I, I hope that you're like, I don't just want to go to this church. I want to, I want to be a part of it in a deeper way. I want to give away who I am because I have gifts and callings and anointing, or I have needs that are yet unmet. But I, either way, I need to get into some deeper water. So if you need prayer, you're coming this way. If you, if you got kids, go grab them. If you're in next steps, I think the kids are already taken care of if you registered, but we'd love to pray with you. In the meantime, live long, prosper. I get to come back again next week, Educator Sunday. You guys ready for it? All right, stay dry.